Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. I'm James. And uh, yeah, this is our second episode here. Deuce. <laughs> the deuce. We uh, we wanted to take a second and just talk about our first episode because I think, well, first of all, we didn't have a name last episode. That's why you didn't hear us talk about Minor Details, except for the beginning. We like spliced it in right at the very end. Um, but yeah, we have a, a podcast now on the iTunes store. It's on Google Play. I didn't tell you that, James. But what? Yeah, I I don't have an Android, so if we don't have we don't, we don't know if it's on this there or not. For, this is also foreshadowing for a future topic we're going to discuss. Google Play, <laughs> yeah, podcast, Apple versus Google. Um, and it's on Apple Podcasts. It's also uh, we also have a website now, minordetailspodcast.com. Check that out. We have all kinds of beautiful photos and descriptions for you guys to look at there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Uh, and oh you had something to correct on last podcast or something yeah i just wanted to correct on we were talking about the um evolution of the iphone and the bump and the bump did not appear until the six i thought it was the five okay the five actually did have a flashback okay with the with the camera it was the six that had the camera that had the bump got it actually i remember the six on the camera bump because that was the one i liked it was like a volcano. It looked like a little volcano. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have a you have a good week, James. You have any uh, updates on your end or? Uh, not too many. Still plugging and chugging away at the helicopter helicopter project on multiple ends, um, and so there should be an update on that within the next week. But for right now, there's uh, there's nothing to be said. All right. Yeah. No worries. No worries. What about you, Nick? Um, I don't know. Do I have any? Oh, oh, let me tell you, James. Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about this. Okay. I, uh, so, you know, I have an iPhone 6. Oh, wait. I no. do know. <laughs> um, I have an iPhone 6, and my iPhone 6 is really old. It's like, what? I, how old is iPhone 6 now? It's the first generation that had the bump, Nick. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't have the volcano. It's... I just realized that now. <laughs> Listen, we, we can't get our bumps right. We're just going to get them wrong for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Wait, it doesn't have a volcano? No. no. Wait, I think the 6 Plus has a volcano. No, 6 Plus just looks like the 6, but it just has better stats. Oh, is it the 7 specs. that's the volcano? The 7 is the volcano. Oh, <laughs> but, 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 so I have the iPhone 6. Right. And... I was affected by the battery slowdown. Do you guys remember that beginning of the year? Um, Apple had intentionally right. intentionally slowed down right. iPhones. They pushed an update down without telling telling anyone. You know, obviously their intentions were. You know, they would say. The thought is that the intention was good. That they would. The reason they slow down iPhones is that it saves your battery life. And since there's so many old iPhones out there, it would. You know, it would essentially slow your iphone down but you could use it longer right yeah and uh it was well, it's just a, yeah it's not like it's it's not making your phone do more work than is necessary because like otherwise how would your phone be able to handle the update right 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 but it was like a whole fiasco and like yeah. it got it got pushed around on the blogs and um apple came out with this new statement of like oh we are so sorry that we just did this without any, telling anyone and we're gonna offer $30 batteries or something like they they dropped the price like significantly which you know $30 is still like you know it's money but yeah. it was like Apple was like charging 80 or something anyways when that came out I knew that I was affected because my phone was on its last limb back in oh, January and yeah. I was like it was so slow <laughs> and I was like oh I'm gonna go to the Apple store and get a new battery and I went and everyone had the same idea the, the place was crowded I could not even like get a battery for the next month um Jeez. but but i went to the apple store yesterday which is it's been like three months now and um seamlessly like walked in and said hey you know i was affected by the battery slowdown can you guys hook me up and they're like yeah no problem we're gonna have to keep your phone for two hours while we replace the battery and hey, listen I, I realize i have a problem <laughs> let's just get this out of here let's just let's just air it okay <laughs> i'm addicted <laughs> i'm addicted to my phone uh, you know, maybe it's specifically Instagram. It's mainly Instagram, but you know, my yeah. phone is that yeah. like, the gateway. Yeah. So, like, ideally, your home screen is just like, like, you know, all sixteen blocks 
or just the just the Instagram <laughs> Instagram app. icon. Well, actually, you know what would be great if Instagram would had the had the just the camera story open like your stories open all the time you could just record stories no you don't want that nick you think you want that but you don't Uh, okay well i it was a it was an interesting experience because how many pocket grabs did you do i i did a few definitely when i walked out of the store you know i gave him my phone and, and he was like okay come back in two hours and i'm like okay i i, I stayed <laughs> i stayed really confident because on the inside i was dying yeah and i walked out of the store and i just like stopped i i stopped and i just stood there outside of the apple store and like just looked at the ground i didn't know what to do i was like do i go home how do i get home i don't have a gps I I, how do i uh I, I can't do anything i can't like burn time by just scrolling through instagram i just so i just started walking I walked around uh, Brooklyn, Williamsburg. I was at the Williamsburg store, and it was a, it was an, a beautiful experience. Like, I feel like the first fifteen minutes was like, partial anxiety attack. Yeah. And then the next hour and forty five was like, eye opening and like, wow, the world, <laughs> the world is so invigorating. <laughs> like, I stopped. I got a nice lunch without looking at my phone. I just sat there by myself, looking out the window. Yeah. I saw I saw a friend pass by. Maybe. If I was looking at my phone, I wouldn't see my friend pass by. You encountered a, f- uh, a friend. Yeah. I Well, I mean, we are already friends, but I, yeah. I saw her walk by and like run out and like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I left my food in, food in the restaurant, but no one ate it, so it's okay. That's good. That's... Uh, but but I just wanted to tell I'm you that so because... Proud, like, I'm just, so proud of you, Nick. It was such an invigorating experience. Yeah. Not that I want to go phoneless again anytime soon, but... You know, maybe try it once in a while. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a risky, like fun thing to do. <laughs> would you would you say that you like you you saw glimpses of of uh, like a a Buddhist description of Nirvana? Ah, uh, maybe maybe just a glimpse. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's wonderful. It's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, that was my week. Oh, I I you know I've been working on projects and things and keeping busy. I submitted the fat strap chair to uh, design week an exhibition for design week so maybe 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 come this spring you guys can if you're in new york check out the the fast trap chair irl nice sounds Um, good and if you don't know the fast trap chair check it out come on everybody knows (laughs) it's it's on my instagram what what are you what is your phone being repaired at the apple store (laughs) you should know about the fast (laughs) trap chair (laughs) oh man well uh, this week we have some topics we kind of wanted to cover. I think we alluded to one of them, which is Apple versus Google. Yeah, and we wanted to talk a little bit about just the general, the general sphere of Apple and Google because you know we can talk about that for days and days. Yeah, I've yeah I've been wanting to, to chat about this for a while. It it feels like it feels like the tides are turning a little bit. I mean. For so long, Apple felt untouchable. Yes, definitely like the two thousand, like what seven to like two thousand eleven, yeah. twelve. But it feels like the bubble is starting to burst, and I'm sorry to tell you this, Hector Silva, but <laughs> I know you're, f- I know you're a fanboy, but this it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fanboy here, too. Listen, here, here, I feel like we're all fanboys. Here. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Apple will always have supreme hardware. Like the hardware, you can't you can't argue with the quality of the right. hardware. Yes. However, the totality of the experience, I feel like, is getting worse and worse as Nick looks at his Apple Watch. <laughs> I also got an Apple Watch what this past week or so. But uh, I just I feel like. You know, when it comes to thinking about the ecosystem that's in place, I think that Google, with with their applications, like their applications, like far exceed anything Apple has has done. I mean, I except for maybe iTunes. Oh yeah, you know. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can all agree iTunes sucks, right? I mean, iTunes. When it, I remember when iTunes first was a thing and and like for a long time it was an amazing application like the 99 cent songs 
Yeah, well, back During then, that era? back then, ripping CDs, a lot of a lot of CD ripping mm, right, right, into right. iTunes yep. and organizing your library, oh, man. and then and then getting the iPod, and things were so they were magic. Okay, I would I would agree that that was a a good a good era for the iTunes, but, but I also, iTunes progressively got worse. Yes, and especially when they came out with the whole Apple Music, and you didn't know if you're if it was like. Right. Am I searching through my own music or am I searching yeah. the internet for music? And or is that like weird? I think that is it still around? Is that still I don't know. Is that, is that and, the state of Apple Music? And right now? also I have like probably thousands of dollars just plunged into Apple in terms of like buying music oh, that right. has is no longer in my now. possession. It's <laughs> it's over. It, it has it has faded into the abyss. Yeah. We had a I had a um, my dad always used to give us my sister and I iTunes cards for like Christmas, mm. and uh, my sister had to t- sit him down, you know, last Christmas and t- tell him like, "Hey, Dad, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, we use Spotify now. <laughs> we don't need to pay ninety yeah. cents for a song." Yeah. No, I've I I remember I remember my first semester at college, like racking up considerable, like. Can a considerable amount of iTunes spending <laughs> without realizing it because it's it's like it was like candy. It was just like oh, 99 cents here, right, ninety nine right, cents right, here. Right. Um, but when you think about now the the like the Apple versus Google, especially this last round of hardware that Google has released oh, with like the Google Home and the Pixel and all that, they are there. They have. They have stepped into the game in a way. The gap is closing. I definitely agree. The gap is closing, and I feel like it's closing rapidly. See, I don't know if I agree that it's rapid, though, James. Mm. I I think that Apple still has, you know, they they had this huge lead, you know, Mm -hmm. know, five, six years ago, just with their hardware and their software integration. And as, as, you know, Google and, you know, I guess we could throw in, like, Windows in there, but, um, you know, Microsoft... (laughs) But, you know, they they saw what Apple is doing, right? They saw, like, oh, design is important, right? You know, Apple's actually, like, crafting beautiful objects mm-hmm. to go with their software, and it's all integrated. And so, you know, five or six years ago, Apple and Google, or, you know, Google and all the other tech companies were like, hey, let's, let's hire some in-house designers. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I feel like that was a period of time where um, big firms were starting to lose a little business from that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like big firms are doing pretty well now. I don't know if that's my perception or. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a like five or six years ago there was a smart design that closed down in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and that was like a big thing in the news. Yeah, yeah. But but I I don't know. I just I feel like I feel also very disenfranchised or disillusioned by what Apple has been doing recently because I feel I can feel so so much how sales driven the company has become yeah without steve definitely it and and i don't like i'm not against a company being profitable but it's like you know when they started when they started just to continue to release all of the versions of the iphone basically since the four with up like with updates um there's like six different iphones you can buy now yeah and it's it it just starts it's starting starting to feel like a mess it's starting to feel like salespersons walking through the factory being like we could we could put new hardware in this this right. is we could sell this right yeah come on just add it to the list and it, and it's just like it doesn't and don't get me started on the iPhone 10 okay well we're not going to start on the iPhone 10 James because i know you have some reservations about that i i think it's a nice phone but i know there's some issues with it should we start on it? Yeah, we should start <laughs> okay. on it. So here's here's my feeling about the iPhone 10. For so long, Apple has been like every every single Jonathan Ive speech has been about the integration of the digital and the physical. You know, it's always about like we wanted to blur the lines right. between right. you know, and it's always about that blurring mm-hmm. with the notch. Oh, okay. First the, of all, the, should we explain the notch? The notch is that is that little tab at the top of like the, the iPhone folder 10. tab mm-hmm. that comes down from the top of so the that, iPhone 10, so that you can have your front-facing camera and all the sensors. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with that notch, the 
division between the physical and the digital has never been more apparent has never been more obvious that's interesting okay. you know it is like a such an injunction in right. f- of the physical into the digital that it's like i can't help but see the division mm-hmm. i i agree i agree with that i think the notch is this obtrusive kind of thing that maybe they should have waited on mm-hmm. maybe they should have just brought the screen down a little bit and had the full top kind of be a black bar yeah but um my issue is face id i feel like that was like a step down from touch id really yeah i i've okay i'll admit i haven't personally tried face id i don't know if you can try face id on at the apple store or not do you i, I mean, don't you, have to, don't, you would have to like set no, it up no i don't think so but um you know face id is something that you have to more actively use to unlock right like if your phone's on a desk you have to pick up your phone and sh- shine your face to it point mm-hmm. your face to it mm-hmm. whereas touch id you just touch it you know mm-hmm. um and i feel like they were so close like they i feel like apple is so close to integrating the fingerprint into the screen and i feel like we're you know a year out from that yeah and i feel like they should have waited hmm. i feel like they should have waited see my feeling was on that front because i've heard a lot of good things about face id oh really like what um just like the ease of use just like you know it's it's okay so it's maybe that's my uh maybe that's my uh fallacy here is that i haven't even tried it yet maybe maybe that's what you should have been doing (laughs) for my two hours where i didn't have anything to do (laughs) but um no what what my problem is is like i feel like with the notch it should have been that they had been investing into technology that would have somehow allowed a camera to be embedded below the screen like Mm. for there to be a camera and somehow the screen like blacks out or something happens to where you can use a camera right underneath a screen did you see did you see the new phone concept i have no clue what phone this was i'm sure it was some sort of like chinese like manufacturing like prototype thing yeah where the camera pops out of the top oh like you know how like you have the bezel that goes around the sure the sure. phone it pops out of the top bezel that that could be something like, although like, like, like flash I, or something you know yeah i feel like as like Apple has been trying to eliminate as many moving parts as possible. Oh, Apple would never do that. No, I totally agree. But it's kind of it's an interesting concept I for sure. Funny, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought of I thought of things. You know, it could it could have been so because because really the FaceTime thing is like yeah, it's for FaceTime and selfies, like and also for the facial recognition and don't forget uh face emojis oh yeah see that's <laughs> what are they another and emojis and emojis <laughs> that's another thing where it's like like i i enjoy the playfulness of that idea right. but again it feels like a gimmick right it, like especially when johnny ive is like a poop emoji and it's just like wow yeah wow. it's just uh i don't know it's like i don't i don't know how to feel about like I, when I went to go, I ended up getting an eight plus right. for for my next phone. Mm-hmm. You have a much better phone than me. That's true. Uh, and um, but I was in the Verizon store and I was looking at the Google phone and I was like, like the the new Google right. phones, and I was seriously debating, yeah, whether you know. But this is the problem: is that Apple has gotten you. Like, if you are an Apple user, so locked in. Because, like, I have an iPad. I have an iPhone. Yes. I have a MacBook. Right. And all of these things work so seamlessly together mm-hmm. that to, like, to change up one device. Because I use Air, I use um, AirDrop all the time between devices. Right. Me too. You mm-hmm. know? And it's like, if I have a Google phone, like, eh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Do right. I put it it's on little, Google Drive? Like, you it's know. It's a little more difficult. It's just slightly more difficult i think also the you know the software and the hardware relationship between even google and android like is still not as integrated as apple and ios right like i mean obviously google and android are the same company and apple and ios the same company and the google pixel obviously runs its own like android like natively but for some reason like even though maybe the google pixel has higher specs like maybe the processor is supposedly powerful or like it has more ram it still is slower you know Hmm. like android phones are always like slightly like the processing like power are slightly 
interesting slower than iphones and i th- i yeah. don't know what that is and like how apple does it but i don't know i i, I will say magic. this i will say this you know you know apple yeah they have the lead has closing the gap is closing but yeah um i'm excited for the new apple park the big campus the infinity loop the thing oh, they, yeah the big ufo thing they built yeah. um i was reading the interview about johnny ive i don't know if you saw it or not um johnny ive was talking about how he was excited for this new campus because everyone in the company is going to be together like right now you know engineers are in a a building designers are in a separate building like software is in a separate building and so there's less integration between Mm. all of them and so he was he talked about in this interview like how well now we can have the engineers sit next to the designers and the software people sit next to the engineers and it's all going to be much more cohesive and so i'm really pumped about that and i think that i can see better days in apple so that that's my opinion on that oh, so an uplifting sentiment right to and the that, end uh, of <laughs> we'll end it with an uplifting note right yeah um so one other one other topic that um we could talk a little bit about is uh this topic about well, we have it down as invisible design, but I also feel like it's it's maybe not invisible, but it's it's like decorative functional design. So this idea that you would have an item, okay, that is so beautiful, whatever it is, okay, that you would just leave it out. Okay. Like a sculpture almost. Like maybe. yeah. So so it's like so it's this idea of sculptural product, you know, that that it's just like out on your table and and somebody goes oh my gosh that's a blah blah like <laughs> that's a toaster you, yeah they're 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 shocked but i i remember the first instance of this um when i was in college there was a fire extinguisher that was done okay and the idea was like the idea was noble so the idea was like you know typically you have your fire extinguisher extinguisher away like you know it's, it's out like, of sight under because, the sink or something, because it is right? like this large like not such so attractive right. looking thing so the solution that they came up with was to just like make a really sleek attractive fire extinguisher okay my problem with this is even if it is a sleek fire extinguisher i'm not <laughs> going to leave it out like i'm still like this is the problem is like if we as designers are thinking like we're going to make these beautiful objects that everybody's going to leave out then everybody's well, going to live in cluttered environments <laughs> james like, this is why your last apartment burned down you you hit your, <laughs> you hit your fire extinguisher in, in the basement <laughs> it's well it was so unsightly and took up so much space that's, that's a really interesting idea i think um i don't know i i do admire the fact that you could make a fire extinguisher more beautiful yeah but I agree. I think I wouldn't, even if it was like the most beautiful object I've ever seen, I would still put this fire extinguisher under the sink or like under a cupboard or something like. Yeah. It, the the place it lives isn't out in the open. No. It kind of reminds me of a Kareem Rashid's Dustbuster. Do you remember? See, you, you I feel that? like that is a is an example of of a good solution for that okay because it it did look sculptural right it did look kind of like this you know because there was no indication that it was a dustbuster right well you know? it, it looks like we'll explain it here for those of you who haven't seen it but it's like a it kind of looks like a cone and it kind of pulls up to a little spire correct yeah is that right yeah it was i can vaguely remember it it was yeah it's just like a cone it's like a straight up cone is it colorful right it was like it's like different purple colors. and yeah like i i, I forget I, it was plastic but it was right yeah it came in all sorts of karam rashid type colors <laughs> you know like your purples and your greens right. i think and, and the and the point of it was to leave it out and yeah you could dust bust things really quickly and no one would even know that you're using a dust buster yeah and see i feel like that that was it was so abstracted that i felt like it it did live somewhat seamlessly interesting okay whereas the fire extinguisher i mean the fire you know it's 
the fire extinguisher is just like the the one that was used as, as an example like it has a clear handle it has instructions right like it has like there's a lot of legal aspects to a fire yeah. extinguisher i'm sure absolutely and also you know where it's living the kitchen is an area that is like is is historically cluttered and the more that you can clear space to use space like the better like you want as much open space as possible in the kitchen while you're cooking you know entertaining whatever it's like where am i supposed to put this fire extinguisher out that it's not in my way here's a question though do you really think I don't know this project specifically, but do you really think the intention of, because because here's the th- here's the here's my thought on this whole invisible design thing or like designing something so beautiful that you can leave it out is that you know maybe so so I did this right mm-hmm. I've I have done a project like this and we kind of mentioned it in the last one well I've designed plenty of litter boxes right <laughs> and. You know, you, you mentioned like how you have a hidden litter box. It looks like a potted plant mm-hmm. or you had one. And um, I also designed another litter box that I thought was like this beautiful object. Like it was more sculptural. Like it was just like such as clean, you know, it was, it has this volcano shape to it. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Like the, the Ooh. iPhone 7, right? The iPhone 7 camera bump. <laughs> and, um, you know, it just was like simple and clean. And I don't have the intention that people would leave it out, but I have the intention that people would appreciate it much more as an object in its specific place that it should live, right? Right. So maybe, maybe it's not that the fire extinguisher was meant to sit out, unless that was that guy's pitch per, per se, but maybe it's just like, hey, there's a chance that this object has never been really thought about and designed before. Yeah. And now I get to have that chance to yeah. do it. Well, you know, another, I, I think I can remember another project where at least this is what I heard the, the kind of brief was, okay. which was about, I think it was, I think it was the, it was either the Crest or the Colgate mouthwash bottle. That's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like faceted right, right. and jewel-like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing was thought was like, like have this jewel sitting on your countertop. Oh, sort of idea interesting but it's but again mouthwash is just like in general like a bathroom like as much I, I don't know I feel like most people are not trying to stack their countertops with objects <laughs> as much as they can they're trying to remove clutter right. or at least organize it you know most civilized people yeah i know some hoarders though <laughs> <laughs> it's true but you know people are people are at least trying to organize their items or or put them away and you know i feel like i don't you know i feel like design for storage like i don't hear much about design for storage yeah storage is boring yeah that's the thing yeah but I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I have seen really creative storage solutions, but, you know, I feel like there's this knee-jerk reaction, especially among designers, to be like, I'm going to design something so good looking. <laughs> I have that, that reaction. I have that, that reaction. That you're going to want to look at it all the time. I don't have that reaction, but <laughs> I do have the reaction of like, I want to design this so that it's the best yeah. box in the field. I agree. And you don't have to look at it all the time. I just want to make it the best yeah. litter box. That's all. But I think in the case of your litter box, like, yes, like, you know, you want to make it good looking enough that people might appreciate it. But also there are situations where people have no choice but to look at something like a litter box. Like in in my case, right. in my scenario. You had a very small apartment. Where in my old apartment, we had to have the litter box out. So like, if it is going to be out, at least it's attractive, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So there's, you know, there is, there's always a benefit to making something look good, right? You know, even if it's hidden away. So right. I guess in summation, <laughs> just make good-looking stuff, right? And right. Re- but don't expect. I feel like you can't expect that people are going to leave it out to appreciate it, right? Only, only you as the designer would leave that litter box. I have a litter box. I have the exact litter box I design right now. 
but really? I, don't, I don't even have a cat. Where's Where's the Nick's trick? It's under my bed. It's under my bed. You want to see right now? God. Hang on, see. <laughs> Viewers, he is bringing out the litter box. Look at that beautiful object right there. That is nice. We'll have to post a picture of it. Is Is that for sale? Yeah, you can find it on PetSmart.com, I think. No way. Or maybe PetMate.com. I have to double check. We will link to it on minor detail minor details podcast.com, so you know, check that out. That is that is nice. It's a little volcano. It is it mm-hmm. is I th- Nick, you have taken the bump <laughs> I have from taken the it. iPhone 7. Yes, and made it made a litter box. <laughs> Don't tell my boss. <laughs> um so anyway, I think uh, I think now we'll move on to some questions. We got some good questions yes, this week. We we did uh, we uh, put out a nice Insta story for the Instagrammers to send us questions. I also want to say that if you guys have a great question sent in, send it in to minordetailspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, we're taking questions there as well. So do that. It's probably easier for us because, you know, we can categorize it and Instagram's a little, it can be a little busy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. I think the last discussion kind of leads in well to this first question okay. that came to me from uh, Instagram handle Science Patel. And he asked, how do I improve my sense of aesthetics? Okay, interesting. Nick, I'm, I'm interested to hear your answer. Um, my answer, aesthetics are interesting because I feel like it's this piece that sometimes people forget about, right? Especially in the Instagram sketch community and online you know, I see a lot of people sketch things, but a lot of times, like, maybe the actual design underneath that sketch isn't that beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the lines don't quite merge or meet up, or the composition isn't correct, or, like, the balance of the actual form isn't, you know, pleasing. Mm. And part of that is just design fundamentals. Like, it's being able to study those fundamentals of design like balance composition form and understand the relationships you know Mm -hmm. you need to understand hierarchy like you need to have this sense of one main piece one main focus and have supplemental elements to Mm -hmm. you know push up that focus Mm -hmm. it's a very vague thing and i think that it just takes a lot of practice yeah but obviously you can look online for inspiration and just study other forms yeah um, you know and i think about like you know pinterest or like lemonouche you know you can just look at how they do their forms and aesthetics yeah i think um you know aesthetics is something that i i think for a lot of people and for i can definitely say for myself it is a lifelong pursuit <laughs> Because I... That's interesting, yeah. I didn't feel confident in my aesthetics coming out of college. Okay. Like, I felt fairly good, but I I didn't feel great about my form-giving abilities. And it's like, it has been a very, you know, determined path that I've been on to try and elevate my sense of aesthetics and, and composition and... Um, especially proportions. Proportions, I feel like, are very important. Very important and and very tricky. Yeah, and it's. I agree. And um, so I, I mean, I feel like I'm still working on my sense of aesthetics, like always. I, I would agree too. I feel like it's something that you're always striving for. Yeah, it's kind of part of the design in itself. Like it's. You know, when you design something, you know, obviously you're trying to solve that problem, but also it's like if if you want to create this solution to your problem, but it's so wacky and like engineered and it's not balanced correctly, I mean that's gonna be a failed design. Like you still have to create this beautiful product. Yeah. That solves the problem, right? That's 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 design. I mean that's the definition of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of times I think it's discouraging how often I kind of I I feel like, you know, the broader maybe not the design community, but the community just like, you know, people other than designers like kind of talk about 
I mean, there's this whole idea of like form over function. And I feel like sometimes people outside of design are not as patient when it comes to like, you know, getting the aesthetic right. Yes. You're talking about like engineers? (laughs) Yeah. But also like, you know, if you think about design history going from, you know, very decorative, like, you know, decorative design, Art Nouveau type. Like ornate kind of like craftsman type of thing. And then into modern where all of that was stripped away. And then now we're kind of, you know, we're in this place where I don't know if it's still considered postmodern or or what, but we have kind of like this return of pattern. Yes, and definitely. And these things. And I remember listening to, I, I mentioned him in the first podcast because I, I really admire him and his kind of ethos as a designer is Marcel Wanders because right. he was very, like, he was in this interview talking about how, like, you know, he does put decorative elements on his design. And so his whole thing was like, basically, he, he made this analogy of like, if if I were to give my daughter a gift that were in sort of like the modernist ethos, she would think I didn't love her. Oh, wow. Like, you know, so it's it like you're you're when you get past function, then you get into something that is you know you can imbue an object with some sort of further meaning right you know i i further quality yeah i i kind of see where you're going with that because i you know my first instinct is obviously think about fuse project the design studio uh run by eves bihar and they are always putting this kind of like more sculptural subtle texturing on products and it's very Mm -hmm. clean and nicely done and it's obviously you know not functional at all it's very decorative but it's done in this modern kind of aesthetic that makes it kind of pleasing like yeah you want to like touch it you want to interact with it yeah it gives it an elevated sense of quality even though it's probably it's still plastic you yeah know? <laughs> yeah it's 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 no different than than anything else right. but that we've seen over the last you know 20 20 years or so but it's i i think the way we're going with a lot of this decorative stuff will be interesting because especially since there's a lot more tech in the industry right now like i know like you know like our entire industry is moving toward more smart objects and these more arbitrary things these more plastic objects that house just electronics i mean they do things but like they're just objects that interact with us digitally but they have a physical presence like i think that's where the soft elements that we talked about last week come in like adding fabric adding these textures in like we want to have this exciting kind of product yeah in our house yeah this warm feeling to the product yeah and i think a good way like we kind of you know we were big proponents of the side project last time but i think a good way to explore aesthetics that you can't necessarily do in your daily job is through a side project. Oh yeah, that's good. And, and I saw on Science Patel's page he was he was in the the throes of a side project. It okay. looked like he was doing a lot of three D work, Interesting. which I applaud him for. I'll check that out. And um, but I but I think that that's a place where you can kind of push yourself and push the aesthetics and see where the limits are, and you know maybe you discover something in the process. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's really good. I uh, I got a uh, question from Chris Ferenc. Um, I think that's how I say his name. But um, he said, when I sketch to meet a lot of criteria, all my ideas become the same and no innovation is made. How can I bounce back from this and develop more creative solutions? And I thought this was, a, this was an interesting question. I also have met this guy before um, at the Square One conference last year. Really cool guy. Um, he's a young guy. I think he's, I don't know if he's in high school or when I met him, he was like, he hadn't been to design school yet, but um, mm. he was really interested in it. And man, if I had known about industrial design before <laughs> I had gone to college, think about where I could be now. Think about, I could, I could be, I could be Johnny Ive. You, yeah, you wouldn't be talking to me I'm in a bed apartment. <laughs> um, but 
I think that's a great question because, you know, I've come to this problem before of like a client or my boss comes to me and says, hey, Nick, you know, we want to design this object. You know, maybe it's a litter box. Maybe it's like a whatever. And you have to fit all these criteria. Like it has to be this dimension. It has to fit this style. It has to be these certain, it has to have these functions. And I'm like, well, this thing is already done, essentially. Like, Mm -hmm. It all these criteria just pointed to this square box and it yeah. has a hole in it. Like you need to just pass this off to the engineer. Um, and I think when you run into those, when when you run into that kind of problem where there's so many criteria that this object is already done, what you need to say this this is what this is my this is my advice. <laughs> this right? is the little Nick in your head. <laughs> this is what he says. Right. This is like, okay, boss, I can do that. And then, and then, and then wait for it. Then oh. I'll go. Then I'll go back to my desk and I'll sketch up all these ideas and I'll break criteria. Like I don't, I don't care. I'll, oh, I'll dream. Yeah. I'm going to be a dreamer. Yeah. And so I'll come up with these crazy ideas. I'll give them. I'll give them a few. I'll give them a few bones. I'll give them some of those, you know, lesser like, you know, easy ideas that fit into the criteria. But I'm going to question. I'm going to be like, hey, what if we could do this? I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. If we just drop this one criteria, we could do this amazing object right and i think that's where you have to go with that kind of that kind of uh problem yeah i think um i think uh to play devil's advocate here okay okay i think design criteria can also be you know well-defined design criteria can be very good for creativity Mm, i i can i can see that too because i i feel like sometimes the criteria is maybe too loose or is not well defined yeah i think there's two sides of the pendulum there and it's very frustrating and i feel like creativity is best honed when the criteria is clear right and um but yeah i i echo your sentiment about like a lot of times when i get assigned to do something i will give them what they want but then i'll also throw in concepts that i you know other concepts that right, don't right. necessarily maybe fit the criteria mm-hmm. but you know even if they don't they're dreams yeah they are dreams and and i actually find a lot of times like they either open up a, a new conversation like they're right it, they kind of spark even another idea right uh within kind of the uh the uh critique or yeah they're or they end up getting selected right like they end up being the selected one and and that's like a huge win and it's because it's just different and and i i don't know if a professor told me this or who told me this but i remember having someone tell me the to you know go blue sky with your ideas because it's much easier to take a blue sky idea and make it relevant and um, functional than it is to take a very like static like ground level idea mm-hmm. and elevate it to a you know ni- nice and better idea yeah so always aim high and then cut it back mm-hmm. then to aim under the criteria and then try to push it up yeah um, but yeah great question mm-hmm and then uh, this last one was from uh, Connor PS and he was he was asking me about my quotes. Oh, tell me about the quote. So we don't. I don't know if you haven't. If you don't know James, you know you gotta go. You gotta go check out his Instagram, right? Um, yeah, I've I've been doing this uh, made up design quotes series. Right. Uh, I'm up to thirty right now. Okay. Thirty quotes, but basically, like, I you know it's just like a a lot of them are a humorous take on design. Like, I the way that I think about them is just they're jokes. Kind of, they're, they're like they're, they're cynical jokes. things, right? They're jokes. They're kind of like you know insider design jokes, right? And and it's just like some of them are just goofy, and some of them are you know more on I guess like the very relatable, right? They're 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 funny, but they have that hint of truth yeah, in them. Exactly. So. Which I is mean, the best kind of joke in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I am definitely playing to the crowd. Right. But um, uh, 
but there was one one quote that Connor was asking about and and it's one that I think we all know very you know too well and um, the quote is no client will ever pick your least favorite concept always put it in <laughs> and oh, and yeah. it kind of works well off of our last our last discussion a little bit yeah definitely because sometimes you know this is the thing is like we we create all these concepts right you have there are favorites definitely there are favorites and there are ones that you're just like uh, i'll just put it in just to like (laughs) just to buffer buffer the deck yeah you know and it 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 happens it has happened where you put that one in oh no and don't say it just to buffer the deck and the client is like i love this (laughs) that's the worst that is the worst you know but it does spark an interesting question and i think the question here is is it actually a bad concept if the client loves it like you know sometimes (laughs) are we so you know insular in the design world that we can't see the broader market and and the customer and what is the best concept yes i i agree with you james because I've been kind of, you know, I have a few clients right now and I've been kind of learning this slowly that I am a designer, yes, and I strive to make the most, you know, well-designed objects as I can, but the client usually is a businessman. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make the best object that will bring in the most business. Yeah. And those t- things, while they align on some aspects, don't always align on everything. You know, like, um, I feel like, sometimes the best concept for business isn't the best designed object. Mm-hmm. I don't have a specific example to give you, but you know, like maybe it's, it, the object is a little bit more functional than it is aesthetic. Right. And obviously that's like, you know, you, you want, you don't want to make a Swiss army knife. You want to make this beautiful like object that just does yeah. this one thing. And your client says, well, if we just add this extra little functionality, we'll add a, add a bottle opener to the object. Hey, people are going to buy more of it. Yeah. And it's true. People would. Yeah. But it also is like detracting from the design. But then, you know, but then it comes, becomes the challenge of like, you know, it's design is a series of challenges and decisions. And right. Sometimes, yeah, you have to add that bottle opener, but how, how you add that bottle opener is, the design piece is, is what makes you a good designer. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think that it is a discussion with your client, and obviously, if you create a bad product, it's like it's still like your design. Like, hey, you should have talked better with your client. You should better. You should have worked it out better. Yeah, but uh, here's my also. I have one more solution. Okay. Also, my solution for the uh, if your client chooses the worst idea. Just don't put in the worst idea. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's here's something. I think there was an article on Fastco this week. Okay. Uh, and it was it was about Paul Rand, the graphic designer, yes. working with Steve Jobs. And I, I saw it. I saw it. And one thing that Paul Rand was famous for is basically being like, I am going to give you one solution. And it is, it's basically, this is my solution. I have solved your problem and you are going to pay me for this. I'm not going to give you any options. This is the one solution. That's beautiful. And (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, that is, that's a difficult, like, how do you get to that place where you can be like, trust me? And that takes a lot of years of work. Like, I think, yes, you can get to that place. You know, I think the big firms can get there like you think about smart design or frog or you know fuse project they kind of do that already it's like sure i'm sure they have meetings with their clients but it's like hey this is the design we sent or this is the design we created for you guys Mm -hmm. you paid us for it and this is it yeah um they have much more power in that aspect Mm -hmm. i think we could get there one day it's just a matter of like yeah i mean it's a time and yeah reputation reputation thing yeah 
All right. Well, I think it's probably time to uh, talk about wrapping this up. Yeah. No, that was, those are some great questions. Um, it's a good podcast. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, you guys. Oh, hey, we, every week we do a little shout out to like one of our, um, we like to shout out one Instagrammer who's really kind of, you know, pushing the bar or like we, we admire mm-hmm. and we wanted to shout out uh, at Chris Ferentz this week. He, you know, we answered one of his questions. He talked about the um, having too much criteria for your design project. And we wanted to shout out because he's a, he's a young guy and like he's up and coming and, you know, he's, he is interesting because he has a lot of cool ideas, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the fanciest sketcher. I mean, you and I aren't the fanciest sketchers. No. But he has fun ideas and he does cool sketch pages. Um, so check him out at Chris Ferenc, F-E-R-E-N-C-E. And uh, I met I met the guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, he seems to have a good a good hustle yeah like he's, he's always posting too yeah that's a hard thing to do and that that is very difficult mm-hmm. and you have to appreciate the hustle mm-hmm. and but you know i love seeing especially his his spreads his like you know his sketchbook spreads right. of of iteration it's just like full of ideas yes and and that's you I love, know i'm I, an idea man yeah I'm an idea. Well, tier, you're an idea man a, too a tear a tear falls down <laughs> Falls down the face we're, when you we're, see a, a spread I, like that. Yeah, we're idea men. So, <laughs> um, we should call our podcast idea idea men. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, also, Hector, I you know I just want to let you know that I don't mean any any ill will <laughs> with your uh, uh, Apple. I we're, love when you. We, when we I, shamed speaking Apple. Speaking of hustle, I love you and your hustle. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no. check, check out uh, Hector Silva. He's yeah. he's the uh, founder of Advanced Design Sketching, which is another great uh, thing uh, Instagram to follow. So yeah, absolutely. Check out all that. Absolutely. And again, yeah, you guys can find us. You know, we have a website now, minordetailspodcast.com. Check it out for all the the pictures of my litter box and uh, James's James's uh, fire extinguisher project and all that. Measuring spoons. Measuring spoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no. I was thinking about this episode. Oh, what are we okay. gonna put? What, what right. kind of pictures are we gonna post for this episode? Right. But um, uh, my Instagram is Nick P Baker. If you want to check that out. And I am I draw on receipts. Yes. How do you spell receipts, James? R E C E I P T S. I'm sorry. I can never spell it. I don't want to give you a hard time. <laughs> but um, I appreciate you guys listening. We're going to try to keep this going for like a weekly podcast. Um, so tune in next week. And uh, yeah, again, send your questions if you have any more questions. Minor details podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Until next week. Peace out. Later. <laughs>